Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Songlines and Tanlines podcast, a place to take a momentary break from your day-to-day routine. Those returning, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as we close out this year, thank you so much for listening throughout this year. And those new to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. And if you like what you hear and are not a subscriber, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. It's back. Scream it from the rooftops. It is back. The Trop Rock Song of the Week is back. I know I had this grand idea earlier in the year to feature a Trop Rock song each week. Well, as you know, constant listener, that segment didn't stick. Why? I like to be spontaneous from week to week. Sure, there are things that are in every episode, like the intro and outro, but I try to make the beating heart of each episode something unique and different so you don't get bored listening to me and I don't get bored working on this podcast, which I haven't, and I am still looking forward to many future episodes. That's why I haven't gone back to the Trop Rock segment for a while. But this week, I found a Trop Rock song that flows perfectly with the Jimmy song I am featuring. So I thought I would bring it back for this episode. Will there be more Trop Rock songs throughout next year? Probably. I know of several right now I want to feature and several artists I want to feature as well. And I have a few ideas in my head of how maybe to bring on some Trop Rock artists. So if I work out all that, it should be fun to listen to. Anyway, the song I am playing is called Meet Me in the Keys. Really, really like this one. Honestly, it's one of my favorite Trop Rock songs of all the Trop Rock songs that I have heard. Even though I haven't heard a ton of Trop Rock music, this one is definitely towards the top of my list. Let's give it a listen. She played violin in a symphony. Lead guitar in a rock band called Ecstasy. They met by chance one night after his show. They were both burned out and had nowhere else to go. He said, Meet me in the keys. Let's sit on a beach and get you tropical. Nobody else, just you and me Baby, meet me in the key Good song, isn't it? So mellow, so chill. Kind of feels like a great song to close the year out on. It has so much hope and promise within the lyrics. And the song can be found on the album Meet Me in the Keys. And the band who made that album is called Howard Livingston and Mile Marker 24. There's another great song on that album as well called Where the Bananas Grow. 
Like that one a lot. And in case you are at all curious about this band, here's a bit of information about them from the website milemarker24.com. The music of Mile Marker 24 offers universal appeal with an easygoing lilt and sway that celebrates the human spirit while being underscored by steel drums, guitars, marimba, and subtle strings. And that website also says that Mile Marker 24 has been on the fast track, growing in popularity from the most popular band in the Florida Keys to clearly a favorite nationwide. There's more to read, of course, but I don't want to go into all of it on this episode. If you are interested, swing over to that website and check it out for yourself when you finish here. And I was curious where Mile Marker 24 lands in the Florida Keys. And after checking Wikipedia, I found out that it lands right at Summerland Key, which is a bedroom community located almost midway between the larger communities of Marathon and Key West. It is home to the Britain Environmental Center of the Florida National High Adventure Sea Base. That's a lot of words and is a field station for Moat Marine Laboratory. Summerland Key is also home to singer-songwriter Fred Neal, composer of The Dolphins and Everybody's Talking, a song both Clint Black and Jimmy have covered, and I'm sure many other artists have covered as well. Very popular song. And sadly, Neal died in July 2001 in Summerland Key. Just some interesting facts to consume. Moving on, let's dive into the Jimmy song I want to feature called Distantly in Love. And here's Jimmy's note about this song from the website buffettworld.com. Jimmy's note reads, Distance in Love, this sounds like an oxymoron. The song was written on the beach of Huayin as I watched the sun drop into the Pacific Ocean. Love songs have never been easy to write. Somehow pain and regret seem to be the only things that can trigger my feelings. And songs are the only way to say what I feel, but once your feelings become a song, they don't belong to you anymore. They belong to all those people who identify with them. Dancers swaying to an island lullaby Beside the southern ocean Taking stock of what's to be Writing you this letter That you'll probably never see But I can't help but be Ruled by inconsistencies Not unique this distance Phone from Paris thinking things could be arranged. Me and you would rendezvous, but I found your number changed. So I drove to San Remo where the crazy painter dwells. Toasted our old photographs still up there on his shelf. This song also feels like a good song to close the year out on. And it can be found on the album One Particular Harbor, released in September of 1983. And according to BuffettWorld.com, 
It reached number 59 on the Billboard 200 chart. It was the first album Jimmy had a hand in producing, and two singles were released from it. One particular, Harbor. It peaked at number 22 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart and Brown Eyed Girl. That song reached number 13 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. Thanks, Howard Livingston and Mile Marker 24 for all you do. And thanks to you, Jimmy, for Distantly in Love, a song I enjoy and listen to often. And in case you're curious, this song has seen the concert stage 31 times, according to Set List FM, where I get all my concert facts. First time in November of 1983 and last played in July of 2008. And hopefully Jimmy will resurrect this song and play it again sometime soon. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. You can hear my voice talking about music on the Audible Ecstasy podcast and talking about horror on the Nightlight Tales podcast. And stay tuned after the ukulele plays. I am diving into my book, The Tale of the Golden Pirate. It can be found on Amazon in ebook and paperback. And if you would like to be a part of this podcast, pick five songs and two albums by Jimmy that you would take to a desert island. And tell me why you picked them. Simple enough, right? Send those answers to the songlines and tanlines at gmail.com email address. Or if you know how to record yourself and can send them that way, do that as well. And even though I don't get a lot of feedback, which is fine, I'm okay with that. I don't do this for the feedback. I do it for my love of Jimmy. But if you guys want to get in on this podcast... What I would love to do is on my 100th episode to share some of these Desert Island songs and albums from you guys. So just a thought. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Cheers and aloha. Thanks for listening this far. The book is called The Tale of the Golden Pirate, and like I said before, it can be found in ebook or paperback on Amazon. Enough delay, let's go ahead and get into Chapter 1, Pirate's Treasure. And each chapter opens with a poem, so I will read it first and then start the story. And hopefully throughout the year, I will continue reading this book until it is finished. Let's get into it. Poem goes, Take to the seas, a sailor's life you please. Plunder, pillage, do what you do. Man that ship, man that crew. All right, section one. Arson Slang woke up and opened his eyes. Something was strange about the night. The thick darkness was now invaded with light. No, it wasn't light, it was illumination. This illumination hung over him, soft, creamy white. It oozed and pulsed as it highlighted his half-exposed body, where a cold sweat had started to form. A sharp gust of wind cracked the window, causing Parson to jump, and he knew what you may or may not already know. Something was standing by his bed, waiting for him to turn and see. To see what? Parson wasn't sure. The mind raced with possibilities. Anything and everything could have crawled up out of the dark and formed while he slept. With hesitation, Parson turned, turned to see the horror that had awakened him from his dreams. Standing beside the bed was the ghost of a pirate. This pirate stood about six feet tall, and he was decked out like a pirate from head to toe. He had long dreadlocks for hair, a shaggy black beard, 
and a red feather sticking out of his hat. He wore pirate clothes and boots the color of gold. If you wanted a cliche pirate to look at, then this guy was your guy. Parson didn't hesitate or pause when he saw the apparition. He flew across the king-sized bed, more cushioned for the loving, and onto the floor with a hard thud. His butt hit the floor first, and then his head hit the wall. Parson looked up at the unmoving pirate, who just stood there with its cold, dark, empty eyes, deep and haunting. It didn't speak or make any gestures before it just poofed out, leaving a lingering white mist in the room, which also disappeared. Parson was speechless. He got up off the floor, this part is important, and ran, not walked, over to the light switch. Light flooded the room as he stood there, planet to the wall, cold sweat drying on his back. There was no one there. The pirate was gone. Parson checked the clock. It was just after four in the morning, and work would be calling by seven. He checked his sleep impulses and realized they were gone. The sleep he would have had tonight was done. The wind howled again, and this time Parson could have sworn there was a voice on the wind. Parson, it said. He ignored the voice as he slipped on a shirt and walked into the hallway. Another light turned on, and then into the kitchen. More light. He made coffee, had breakfast, and then waited for the day to arrive. Thank you for listening to me this year. Be safe with your New Year's Eve celebrations, and I will be talking to you again in 2022.